Everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you. You will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. And you are to bring into ark, the ark all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, every kind of animal, every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. And you're to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and stored away as food for you and for them. And Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Well, then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family. By the way, there between chapter 6 and chapter 7 is probably, we estimate, somewhere well over 100 years of time has now gone by. Then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I found you righteous in this generation. Take with you seven of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and two of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate, and also seven of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. Seven days from now, I will send rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, and I will wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I have made. And Noah did all that the Lord God commanded him. Now, Noah was 600 years old when floodwaters came on the earth. And Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Pairs of clean and unclean animals, of birds, all creatures that move along the ground, male and female, came to Noah. Notice, came to Noah and entered the ark as God had commanded Noah. And after seven days, the floodwaters came on the earth. Now in the 600th year of Noah's life, on the 17th day of the second month, on that day, all the springs of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of the heavens were opened, and rain fell on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. On that very day, Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, together with his wife and wives and three sons, entered the ark. And they had with them every wild animal according to its kind, all livestock according to their kinds, every creature that moves along the ground according to its kind, every bird according to its kind, everything with wings. Pairs of all creatures that have the breath of life in them came to Noah and entered the ark. The animals going in were male and female of every living thing as God had commanded Noah. And then the Lord shut him in. For 40 days, the flood kept coming on the earth, and as the waters increased, they lifted the ark high above the earth. The waters rose and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the surface of the water. They rose greatly on the earth, and all the high mountains under the entire heavens were covered, and the waters rose and covered the mountains to a depth of more than 20 feet. Every living thing that moved on the earth perished. Birds, livestock, wild animals, all creatures that swarm over the earth, and all mankind. Everything on dry land that had breath of life in its nostrils died. Every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out. Men and animals, the creatures that move along the ground, the birds of the air, were wiped from the earth. And only Noah was left and those with him in the ark. The waters flooded the earth for 150 days. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him. And he sent a wind over the earth... And the waters receded. Now the springs of the deep and the floodgates of the heavens had been closed and the the rain had stopped falling from the sky and the water receded steadily from the earth. 
At the end of 150 days, the water had gone down, and on the 17th day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountain of Ararat. And the waters continued to receive until the 10th month. On the first day of the 10th month, the tops of the mountains became visible. After 40 days, Noah opened the window he had made in the ark. He sent out a raven. It kept flying back and forth until the water had dried up from the earth. Then he sent out a dove to see if the water had receded from the surface. But the dove could not find no place to set its foot, its feet, because there was water over all the surface of the earth. So it returned to Noah and the ark. He reached out his hand and took the dove and brought it back to himself. He waited seven more days and then sent out the dove from the ark. And when the dove returned to him in the evening, there in its beak was a fresh plucked olive leaf. And then Noah knew that the water had receded from the earth. He waited seven more days, sent the dove out again, but this time it did not return to him. What's well, an interesting story, and <clears throat> what I'd like to do this morning is just spend a little time just walking back through this story, and, uh, and then I'll conclude with a, just a point of application at the end. You know, sometimes we read these stories, and we don't really stop and think about what this must have been like. So what I did was I read this story, and I, I just spent a little time thinking about it, and there were certain scenes that just kind of stood out to me. You know, if this was a movie that I had seen, and I, I just came home, and someone said, how was the movie? Uh, and you know how when you, you talk about a show, you talk about those kind of the, the parts that, that kind of really got your attention, that were really special. So what would those parts be? Probably different for different ones of us, but this is what, this is what kind of grabbed into my mind. I, I thought about the scene where Noah tells his family. So, you know, it's Sunday dinner. He says, honey, why don't you invite the kids over for lunch? I, I, I want to talk to them about a family project that we're going to do. And so they're all there, and, and Dad says, kids, I, uh, <coughs> I, I had an uh, encounter with God here this week, and he has a project for us, and I'd like to enlist your help. And we're going to build a little boat, or not really a little boat, a big boat. And, I mean, just imagine the conversation. That why are we building a boat? There's no water anywhere here. And, and, then, and then he describes the boat. And they must have looked at him and said, Dad, is this a joke? It, I mean, this is so massive. This, this boat is so massive. I checked out the property this week. And we could fit it on the property, but we'd have to start it right at the sidewalk, and it would end up about three feet from the neighbor's fence. Okay? So that's how big it is. It's, of course, 75 feet wide, which is, you know, considerably probably another 25 feet wider than this building. And it's uh, 45 feet tall. This is a massive ship. I was just looking to see what, what compares with it. And, uh, of course, today we have, we have ships, but they're built out of steel, so I was looking at wooden ships. And the longest wooden ship that has ever been built was 377 feet long. And there were a number of large ships from, oh, from about 1865 to about 1910 that were built in the range of 300 to 350 feet. This arc was 450 feet. And it was interesting 
none of these ships lasted hardly at all. And I was looking at uh, what the description of what happened to it, and uh, the one in, in 1909, it, it sunk <coughs> because it, it tends to flex in the, in the heavy seas, and it was, uh, it was twisting and buckling. Another uh, one built in 1853 that was 335 feet was abandoned because it was leaking so bad. They all had pumps in them to pump out uh, the water. Every single one of them had structural problems. Uh, the one in 1858 was sold as scrap. Uh, one in 1900 uh, sunk on its voyage. And the one in 1865 made one, uh, one voyage and then it was scrapped. And so this is an incredible feat to build a boat like this. And shipbuilders, the, the ratio of this, of, this, of this boat was 30 to 5 to 3. That was the ratio of length to height to width. And interesting, shipbuilders will tell you that the single, the, 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 if you were to build a structure that would be safe and that would be the best structure, the ratio would be 30 to 5 to 3. Exactly. I wonder how God knew that. But that was the ratio of this ship. It was, if you want to know how much volume it had, it can contain the material of 569 railroad boxcars. Could fit on this ship. Had 100,000 square feet of floor space. Could fit, they estimated, people have time to do these things. They, they estimated you could fit 125,000 sheep on the ark. And uh, we estimate today there are about 18,000 species of reptiles and birds and animals. And so that would be about 36,000. So very doable. Of course, many of these creatures are very small. We don't, they're not all as big as sheep. So very, very doable that you could fit uh, all of that on there. But this had to have been just a, a very, very interesting conversation at supper one night for Noah. Another scene, the other thing I thought about was, you know, this is a, probably, some say up to 120 years in making this thing, well over 100 years. I mean, you wonder if along the way these thoughts that Noah had, like, did, did God, did I really hear from God? Am, am I sure? You know, is this, is, this really, uh, is this really what God called me to do? Um, maybe this is just kind of crazy. Maybe I'm, I'm kind of crazy. I mean, what if I, what if I end up doing this and, and it doesn't rain? Or what if we're half done and the rains come? What if my legacy that I leave behind was Grandpa was the guy that built that boat for no reason? Spent his whole life, his old kids, and, and nothing ever happened. I mean, did he ever have those thoughts I wonder what it was like. Was his wife supportive? Or was this a tension point in their marriage? We, we don't know. Did he lose all his friends? The implications of this thing are, are incredible in terms of, of his life. This is such a big piece, obviously, of, of Noah's life and a big risk that he took. Another scene, I thought, was when the ark was done. I mean, what a, what a thing to look at that ark. And then God tells him that in seven days... We're, we're going to be in the ark, and you're going to have two of every kind in seven days. 
let's say there was similar species, let's say there were 18,000 species. I mean, I'm sure Noah's, or I'm sure his first thought was, how am I going to round up all these animals and creatures? And the scripture said that they came to the ark. Twice it says that, that the creatures came to the ark. Imagine being Noah and his family and sitting there, and, and I don't know how they, maybe they just pulled up their lawn chairs, and you know, they were just walking in, one set after another. Imagine probably things they'd never seen before, just coming on the ark. What, what that must have been like to see everything coming out of the earth and, and making its way to the ark and coming on board. It must have been one of those moments where the family looked at each other and they said, you know, God must be in this. This, this wouldn't be happening if God wasn't doing something here. I wonder what the scene was like when they got in the ark and the text says that God shut him in. I, I just find that so intriguing. That little phrase, you see it up in the wall. And the Lord shut him in. So I don't know if they walked on the ark and they turned around and all of a sudden the door was closing and there was no, you know, no one visible there but God was closing the door. Whatever he did, he, he shut them into the ark once they got in. And then it must have been quiet except for the sound of the birds and the animals on the upper deck. And it must have been quite a moment to sit there with your family and now to wait to see what's going to happen. And then it started. And folks, this was not, this was not a gentle autumn rain where you grab a cup of, of hot chocolate and sit around the fire. This was the kind of rain where you head to the basement. And it says that the springs, the foundations of the springs under the earth massive reservoirs of water under pressure were opened up and so water's coming up this way and the heavens are open and torrential rains are coming down this way and it must have been an incredible sound, an incredible noise to begin to feel that boat before very long begin to move and lift and raise and I can be sh- you can be sure that they ran to the third deck and looked out that 18-inch opening which was all around the deck And I wonder what they saw. You know, did it look like the tsunami where, where, you know, houses and people were floating by? Or or was it such torrential rain that you you couldn't see three feet in front of your hand? It must have been quite a scene. Six weeks of solid rain. Six weeks. Now, they knew it was going to be 40 days. And then, just like the Lord said, it stopped. It was about 10 months on that boat. About 10 months, we figure, if you look at the details of it. You know, for six weeks it rained. That means for eight and a half months, it was nothing but water. And, And you begin to wonder, because God didn't tell them how long they would be on the boat. And I wonder if they began to water. I, w- I mean, I, I wonder if they began to think, I wonder, is the water going to go down? And it tells us that it was 10 months, and you can be sure they were starting to run out of food. 
And I wonder if, again, the questions began to come up, came up in their mind, are we going to die on this ship? Is this going to be the it, or is God going to be faithful? And then to see the father walk in with that olive branch and realize that God truly had done just as he had said. What, what an amazing feeling. What an amazing feeling for Noah to realize he'd been faithful to God. He'd put in all this work. He'd, he'd taken the risk, and God had honored it uh, and saved his family through this incredible flood. It's an amazing story. Just, just an amazing, amazing story. Darren Aronofsky is doing a rendition of Noah. It will come out with Paramount Pictures in March. And uh, it's a $130 million project. I, I don't know that I would encourage you to rush out and buy tickets. They've had some preview, you know, preliminary, just kind of showings to feel out things, and it has angered Christians and Jews. Uh, of course, Aronofsky has his own take on the story, as you can imagine. So I wouldn't get too excited about that. You can bet that the major meaning of the story will be missed. And what makes this such an amazing story is the symbolism that we find in the ark because people, this, this is where you and I live. And, and we think about Noah. We're in the same situation as Noah. You are in the same situation as Noah because there is judgment coming upon the earth for sin. And God is holding it back, but the day is coming when he will destroy the earth again, not by water, but by fire, and judgment will come. And so we see this, this truth, this analogy is, is there for us in the story of the ark. What else is amazing to me is this boat, because if people looked at this boat, they said, Noah, there, there's no keel on this boat. There's no, there's no sail on the boat. There's no paddles. There's no oars. There's no rudder. I mean, you are, you are helpless in the ark. There's nothing you can do. There's not one thing you can do in this ark. There is no means of steering it, of propelling it. You are totally at the mercy of something outside of yourself here. And so it is with the ark. There were eight people in a box, two of every kind, being saved from God's wrath through this incredible storm, representing the judgment of God, trusting that God would get them safely home. And I just want to say, this is the gospel. Uh, just take a look at how the New Testament talks about this. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Righteousness comes by faith. Salvation comes by faith. Salvation from God's judgment comes by faith. Here's another one. <clears throat> no one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, this is Jesus talking now, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Up to the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. 
the story that we read this morning, it is going to repeat itself. It is going to repeat itself. And we are that generation. I mean, we are those people. We will either be lost or we will be in the ark, one or the other. Just one more. 1 Peter 3.20 talks about those who disobeyed long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built in it, yet only a few people, eight in all, were saved through the water. And so what we have here is a picture of impending judgment coming upon the earth. God is patiently waiting. The ark is being the ark is here. And the ark very clearly for us is the person of of Jesus Christ. The person of Jesus Christ. There is only one door into the ark. There is only one way. It is through Christ. Only those who are in Christ will survive the storm. And if you're in Christ, there's nothing you need to do. You don't need to steer the ship. You don't need to sail the ship. You don't need to rudder the ship. It is completely God's work to get us to that place that he has promised. And it is for those who are in the ark. It is by faith in the work of Christ on that cross and all who place faith in Christ metaphorically enter into that ark and will be saved from this. When when judgment of God comes upon the earth, they will be saved. In just a few minutes, uh, back in just two, three minutes here, the the kids are going to come in. And uh, we're going to dedicate the ark in the area out here. And people are going to drive by and they're going to see the ark and they're going to say, isn't that cute? Look at they've, they've got a, a Noah's Ark for the kids. Isn't that, isn't that cute? And, you know, so that's people's reaction to the ark, that it, it looks like a fun place to play. And we hope that it will be. That's one of our goals. But this morning, I, I just want us as adults to see a little deeper and maybe catch a little deeper metaphor when we see that ark to maybe think on another level beyond that. And that is that we want this place to be a place where people find their way into the ark. We we want people to find, uh, we want people to be rescued on that day from the judgment that is coming upon the earth and upon sin. We want this to be a place where people have the assurance that no matter how hard it's raining on the outside, that God is going to keep them safe on the inside. And so all the kids are going to, when we're done here, we're going we're gonna to send all the kids out on the ark. We're going to, at the end of this, our dedication, we're going to pray for them. And uh, you can pull out your camera, take a picture. We're going to pray that our kids would be safe on that ark. We're also going to pray something even deeper than that. And we're going to pray that, that every kid that walks through this door would not just be safe in that ark, but would be safe and placed in the ark that God has provided for us as people, that that they would find their way to Jesus Christ and uh, that that every child would truly, would truly be safe in the deepest sense of that word. And I, I hope that this ark can remind us of something deeper. I hope when we look at this ark, we think of, yeah, you know what? We're here to provide an ark. 
We're here to, to gather people and invite people to the ark. We're here to pray and work that our, our kids would all enter that ark. And I want us to be praying what Jesus prayed in Matthew 18. And this is what he prayed. He said, my will is that not one of these little ones should perish. Father, this morning we, we thank you for the opportunity we have to, to dedicate this ark and that we're going to enjoy our kids here this morning in just a moment. We're going to enjoy this time. Uh, and Lord, we thank you for the joy that, that this area will bring to our children. But Lord, on a, on a much deeper level, we, we pray that your spirit would move in the hearts of people and in our kids and, and, and everyone, Lord, that we might call as many into this ark that you have provided, the person of Christ, and that by faith that we might enter that ark and that we might, Father, in, in the day of judgment, that we would be saved. And so that would be our prayer today. Uh, Lord, just, just bless this time as we, as we celebrate uh, what you have done. And we pray this in, in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray now, just bless the offering that is taken. Bless these kids as they come up and, and sing for us. And uh, we, we just rejoice in uh, what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen.